Well, everybody, it is Big Daddy, and here we go with Big Daddy and friends again. And, you know, like I always tell everybody, I want to bring my friends who are in the game, people that live it, know it, understand it, can explain it. You know, that's the one thing where I try to be different than everybody else. And you know what? We sit and we chat and we tell the stories behind the story. And that is fun, laughing, making fun of me, me making fun of the guest, and all these other things in between. But this next guest, I I have to say, she uh, elevated my status (laughs) from a nobody to a somebody because... She happened to do a feature on me on the Wall Street Journal before she became big time, you know. So, uh, so uh, Aditi Kinkambala from NFL. Yep. Getting there. <laughs> you know, I worked on that for a long time. Aww. You know, the Big Daddy, we've been friends for a dozen years. And so for a dozen years, I've just been a dating. your last name. I was like, <laughs> last night I was going over it. And then today I'm like, I got to get this right. I got to get this right. But, yeah, uh, but you know, it's so when someone's your friend, you don't necessarily use their last name, especially if they have a name like Aditi or a name yeah. like Big Daddy. So it's okay. We're good. Well, well, you want to laugh. My workout partner is Indian. And what he yeah. said to me, uh, yeah, he's this guy started me. His name is Hitesh. Okay. He started working out with me last August. Mm-hmm. And he's been with me since. And he's the reason that you see the newer me. You know, I did the physical part, but he was the guy that dragged me to the gym and said, you got to come with me because you need to live and be healthy. And he's a workout buddy or he's a trainer or no, he's a workout partner, buddy. Okay. But we call him Coach Hitesh. Okay. So, right. And everybody, I got people call him Coach and this and that. It's hilarious. So one of the things that uh, he said to me, he goes, hey, who are you interviewing today? And I said, oh, a very good friend of mine. Her name's Aditi. And he goes, Ask her how to say her name in Indian. And I go, what the hell? What? I go, look, it's a DD to me. I, if there's another way or whatever, I asked him to be here so he could ask you. But he can <laughs> no, but you know what? This is actually Big Daddy. It's really interesting because in America, we talk about people's accents, you know, like somebody who's from the South or someone who's very obviously Jersey or whatever. We talk about these accents. But the truth is, is internationally, the way that people speak and the sounds that their tongues can make is really, truly different. That's why not every single alphabet has 26 letters. And so in India, even though there are a variety of languages in India, the language that my parents' family grew up speaking is Gujarati. And in Gujarati, there's not just a duh and a tuh, there's a the and a tha. And so if you're Indian, you say Aditi. But if you are not Indian, then it's probably really hard for your tongue to make that the or that the sound. And so you just say Aditi. And what's really funny is that my son, Nico, who is, you know, half Indian via me and half Eastern European mutt via his father, can say all of these proper Indian sounds even though I never speak to him. I mean, I wish this is one of my major failings as a parent is that I don't speak to him in another language. (laughs) But even without the training of speaking in another language, his tongue can make those sounds. And my husband, he just can't, no matter how hard he tries. But this is a very long way of saying, my mom, his name is Rita of all things, was always okay with Aditi turned into Aditi because she knew that the sounds like duh and the sounds like ta and aditi is a lot easier on the tongue than aditi. But my brother, whose name is A-N-A-N-D, Anand, when he used to be called things like Anand, it would make her crazy. She's like, what's wrong with Anand? Why can't you say Anand? Go ahead, Big Daddy, can you say Anand? Anand. There you go, see? There's no like different sound. So she would have a problem with someone not pronouncing his name properly because the sounds are all transferable. But my sounds, I guess, are not. But, you know, that was a very, I feel like that's such a boring way to start this conversation. No, not at all. Cut that out and go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we want to talk about names. The whole reason I ever wrote a story on you was I kept seeing this enormous man 
around the Giants facility, at Giants games, on the road. And I kept being like, who is that? Who is that? And the answer would be Big Daddy, Big Daddy. And I really didn't think that somebody's name was Big Daddy. <laughs> I mean, I think it took a good few months for someone to finally say rich to me, by the way. Well, listen, uh, to get back to what we were just talking about, I would probably have, I have enough problem speaking normal English or, or, or proper English. I get corrected all the time. The famous word that I use that I get yelled at all the time about is alls, A-L-L-S, alls you, alls that, alls, and they're like. That's not a word, Big Daddy. I know, but I that's what I'm, I'm saying, and, and I was told. You got to practice not using that word. So sometimes I'll I, like I'll start to say it and I catch myself. So I'm getting better at it, but obviously I know I need to eliminate that word. But uh, you know, you no, know, I feel like you've gotten far enough using it. So if it's part of your personality and your charm, then there you go. Right? Wow! I I can't wait to air this segment. <laughs> I'll sign that off on that the, one. The writer, the reporter. Just gave me the okay. All right. Now I'm just saying, Big Dad, don't write it in a story on the Wall in the Wall Street Journal. But if you no. want to use it as lingo in conversation amongst friends, what's the big deal? Yeah, I, I listen. I agree with you, but uh, you know, there's smarter people out there. They're always giving me education lessons, so uh, I'll I'll let them be nameless. I won't point. Isn't that people though? Aren't people always trying to tell us how we're wrong? Uh, yeah, I get told all the time. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, look, I'm just a simple insurance guy. Come on, give me a break. Yeah, I know I look like a security guy or an ex-football player, but this is me. I'm not what you see is what you get. And I joke around. Me and Strahan always say to each other, Big Daddy, you ain't no oil painting. Remember that. And I'm like, I know what you see is what you get. You know, <laughs> I don't try to be anything more than Big Daddy. That's it. But, right. Uh, you know, I, I have to say that I'm so – happy that we've been friends all these years and and to see you grow from where you were at to where you're at now it's incredible and i don't think i've ever told you that so i will tell you that now that this friend is very proud of you because you have gone grown leaps and bounds you uh defy uh the stigma because I was, you know, I actually learned about doing research, doing this kind of TV work and whatnot. So, you know, I wrote myself uh, some notes. And the one thing that I know you have to be proud of, and I'm proud of you too, is you're the first Indian American woman on TV in sports, no less. You know, you get people that are talking sports and shouldn't be there, but you've always you know, you, you got it down. Like you, you, I mean, that has to make you feel like you're walking on clouds. I have, and, and look, I'm not trying to uh, put you on the spot or anything. I'm just, I'm happy and I'm proud of you at the same time, you know, and, and I'm always grateful for you and our friendship. I appreciate that. But, you know, it, it feels as if every conversation revolving um, ethnic background or race or whatever has become so fraught over the course of the last few years. And all I would say is that it's a part of who I am, just like my having gone to Cornell, just like my being the mother of two children, just like my being the daughter of immigrants, just like my growing up in New Jersey, just like my being a tomboy, just like my love of the craft of writing. These are all parts of the whole. And I never wanted to be defined by or identified by any one of those things other than perhaps she works really damn hard or she's really good. She's a her. damn good reporter. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. I don't want. So yes, am I, to be fair, am I proud that I was able to pursue a path that not many people who come from a background like mine or look like me have had yet pursued, for mm -hmm. sure. 
I think so much of that credit goes to my parents too, giving me the freedom to go chase something that they knew nothing about, that none of their friends knew anything about, where they didn't have any sort of example. You know, if I said, I want to go to med school, well, just about every Indian person they knew, including our whole family was in med school. You know, that wouldn't be so crazy. And here was this, okay, I'm going to go take this crazy leap. And we have no idea if there's any safety net. And you can't do that unless your parents give you the strength to believe you can do that. I think what's troubling is that I'm still the only one and that it's still notable and that it's still a part that comes up in conversation that, you know, instead of just here's this, tremendous reporter who gets at X, Y, and Z, or who's, here's this person who went through this interesting career arc, that that still is sort of a definable thing that I was the first and I'm still the only Indian American woman on national sports television. No one wants to be, no one wants to be the only, I'll just say that. Well, you know, maybe it's something where you start to mentor, mentor, put it out there. I mean, I I certainly do try. I there there's nothing. I think you know this about me, Big Daddy. I think you know I'm a crier and I'm very very emotional. And nothing gets <laughs> nothing gets me more emotional than the emails from Indian dads who tell me about their Indian daughters and how much they appreciate that their daughters and even their sons too. I shouldn't say just daughters, but that their daughters and sons are seeing me go and do something that again is very untraditional for the asian american diaspora sort of kind of but okay <laughs> but, but you know what i i could say this and openly and honestly you have relationships with people that i have you know we have the same relationships and i've never heard anyone say anything bad about you You're and, and look I would be the first one that if anything ever negative came out, I would say something to that person, and then I would give you the heads up. And I've never, in all these years, it's never, ever come up. Well, that's kudos kudos to you. And you know why? Because people respect you, and you obviously have great contacts, and you, you you tell it the way it is, and there's no BS. You know, so that's that's a credit to you. I, you know, Big Daddy, if I knew that this was going to be an opportunity for you to stroke my ego, we would have made this happen a long time ago. <laughs> I would have jumped on here forever. And also, another little side note, the reason you've never heard anything bad about me is because you've never talked to my mother-in-law. Oh. I'm sure she would have bad things to say. Hey, listen, you know what? There's always, uh, what is it? In a, in a dozen eggs, sometimes you may have one bad one. <laughs> no, no, no. I should, I'm just joking. I'm totally yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I too. No, You know what, Big Daddy? I think it's the same same exact thing that people talk. You know, there, there are certain tenets that no matter what your business is or your industry is, that carry through. And you look at the way that you have been able to grow your company and what you do. And it's because at the end of the day, your integrity and your word matters so much to you. And so I view it the exact same way. What do I have at the end of the day other than my integrity? And so if that's what guides you, you know, for you, you might score one great, huge, big deal. But if you screw somebody else over it, then how good can you really feel about it? For me, if I step on my mother's back to break a news story, well, guess what? Three minutes later, everybody's going to forget who had it first. You know, so I think that we all have to make certain choices with what matters most to us and how do we want to, to use your word, grow. And I feel like journalism has certainly taken many, many, many twists and turns since uh, you and I first met, like I said, more than a dozen years ago now, which is sort of crazy. I was 12 years old, you know, I was just like, I got to get this girl back to homeroom before she gets yelled at. <laughs> exactly. No, but yeah, I mean, it's just the world is different right now. Yeah, it's, uh, well, obviously, being uh, affiliated with the right wing network, you know, with the relationships I have there, it's, uh, it is always, uh, it's interesting to, uh, you know, hear people's opinions and, and whatnot. I mean, um, the funniest thing that ever came out was I, you know, I got coronavirus last year. And I think I got it when I left the combine. You know, I came back and right. got sick. Well, I'm like, I'm not telling anybody. So 
I get a phone. Uh, I had to go to the hospital, so I check in, and I'm there for three days. My phone is on the floor because it was on the table, and it vibrated off the table. Uh, I was sleeping. So I'm like, what's my phone doing down there? And all of a sudden, I have 70-something text messages and like 35 missed phone calls. Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity decided to wish me well on national TV. You know, hey, uh, you know, Sean said to Tucker, hey, uh, Tucker, we got to wish our boy Big Daddy uh, get well soon because he's in the hospital with COVID-19. And I think he's got the virus. And I'm like... Oh, I didn't win the lottery, and I didn't want to say anything. So I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So uh, I had missed the show, So, it, but they replay it at, like, 1 in the morning. So I'm like, I, I got to watch this. And I'm looking at it going, oh, Lord. So, so you're laying I'm, in the hospital watching them talk about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, look. At the end of the day, when someone wishes you well, uh, they yeah. all they mean good and they mean well by it. And uh, I have no complaints. And and I haven't seen Tucker in a while, but Sean is one of my dearest friends. We're close, and I go to him for advice, and uh, he's helping me with TV stuff. So and you clearly have a lot of friends who watch him as well. <laughs> yes, yes, and uh, I do have a lot of friends that watch him as well. And, and it's funny we we uh, we get together quite a bit, and uh, everybody's like. Where are you guys meeting? Like, you know, it's like it's like a conspiracy theory. Everybody wants to know where you guys are going out to eat or where you're meeting. Come on, you got to introduce me. And I'm like, dude, it's, it, you know, between him and between Stray and between this one and that one, everybody wants to meet everybody. And I'm like, go to Steiner Sports. You can pay them and they'll get you whatever you want. I'm not, I'm not here to get you autographs and introductions. That's not my job. But uh, But anyway... So let's get back to you. Enough about me. Um, but I feel like the stories are so intertwined, aren't they? Yes, they are. And and you know what? When you talk about, you know, being a minority and being this and doing this and doing whatnot, you know, obviously uh, a lot of people don't really know this, but I have a weird combination in regards to being uh, my background because my father was from Peru Mm-hmm. And my mom was from the Dominican Republic. So usually those relationships, they don't mix. And okay. even, even the lingo or the dialect is one's to the left, the other's to the right. And I know this because when I went to Peru, everyone's like, where are you from? Like, are you Puerto Rican or Dominican? What, what, a Cuban? What's your, what's your story? And then I'm bigger than everybody else. My parents were both 5'7 and 5'8. So where did this come from? My mom's side, her brothers were all tall. My uncles were all tall. So what's the story? How did they meet? Uh, from what I heard, my dad met my mom in a restaurant. and okay. In uh, New York? In New York. And okay. uh, off they went, you know. So, so they uh, had both already immigrated here both, separately. Yeah. Yep. And my mom left the Dominican at 16. Oh, wow. Okay. By herself or with her parents? By herself. And uh, I'll share this with you. Her father was well-to-do, very wealthy. Um, He was a grain manufacturer. Okay. Corn and flour and all this stuff. I remember when I was a kid, you know, you're like, get out of, stay out of there, you know, because you're running around a warehouse trying to see, and there's chickens running around all this other (laughs) crap. And, you know, being from New York, you don't see that in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, wow, this is cool. But, uh, yeah, so my mom, even though she was one of, like, I think 12, she went for greener, better pastures uh, and was more independent than the rest of them. And she came to New York, and then my dad, he did the same thing, and they met, and here I am. And how were there, how is your mother's Dominican family about her marrying a Peruvian, and how is your father's Peruvian family about him hooking up with a Dominican woman? Well, you know, they're both looking down at me, going, "You better answer this right." So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna give you the, I'll give you the real deal. It was kind okay. of my my father's mother, who was like, she was my mom. I mean, like, I loved my grandmother. Okay. She would say to me, "You know, um, I want you to be very careful and don't make the mistake your, you know, your father made." And I said whoa, I know where this is going. 
Uh, and she said, you got to find yourself a nice American woman and, you know, th- and without like being, without pointing the finger <laughs> at my mother. And I'm just like, okay, grandma, I go, listen, uh, I got it. You know, I got your point. And uh, my mom's family, we were not very uh, connected. Okay. We're all in the Dominican. The only, the only one, the only uh, siblings that she had that we we had three uncles and they were all stateside. But okay. Everybody else was in the Dominican. Okay. And uh, but that never kind of came up. And uh, you know, I uh, I always tried to be politically correct. I, I wasn't uh, the apple of my father's eye. I was kind of a wise ass growing up, and my grandmother was the goal between in between. You know. Uh, what do I want to say? She was the uh, the judge. <laughs> you know, you have a fight between two boxers, and then you have the, the uh, judge. Right. That was her. You know. Wait. So, so who was the favorite then? I I know two of your brothers. How many yeah, of you are there? You know my brother Lewis, and you know my brother Jimmy, who coaches with the Bills. Bills, right? So, uh, and he said hello, by the way. So, Aww. Yeah, he was here <laughs> last week. We had our Big Daddy Youth Football Camp, and he runs it. And uh, and then like he came down to my office and he saw I had your name and he's like, oh, how's she doing? I go, well, they're gonna have her on the show. And he goes, oh, tell her. I said, what's up? You so know, I told you the story of how I knew how I found out he was your brother, right? Yeah, yep, 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 yep. When you were, he like you. <laughs> what's that? I, he looks like you. I was doing the sideline for the East West Shrine game, yeah, yeah. and he was coaching. And I'm staring at him the whole time, like, "Why do I look like I know this guy? Why do I think I know him? What is going on?" And I don't even know if I saw his name before I said to him, "You know, you look so familiar to me. You look like someone I know." And it turned out, "What's <laughs> your brother?" He's uh, he's better looking at in better shape. But, uh, yeah. No, I mean, those are some strong genes there. The three yeah. brothers definitely look enough alike. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't be hard to pick you out. You couldn't pick, you could not uh, figure out that we were related. Okay, so was Jimmy the favorite or was Lou the favorite? Louie was my dad's favorite. Okay. Jimmy was my, my, what my grand, I used to be my grandmother's favorite when I was youngest. Uh huh. And Jimmy fell right, took my spot. So there was nothing that that kid could have done that was wrong. <laughs> my grandmother battled for him, and I fell out of uh, that whole loop. And, you know, my mom, I was very close with my mom, so I, I would say I don't know if I was her favorite, but my mom and I had a, a special relationship, and she was great and and very supportive and, uh, you know, understanding. <laughs> Right, because she had to put up with a lot with me, but uh, you know, I was always the one that was out there and doing everything that you shouldn't have been doing as a kid because I just was me, you know. So, let's let's go backwards for a minute. I know that you are, or at least when I knew you, you were a huge Giants fan and you're right there, but. If Jimmy is still with the Bills, coaching the Bills, I mean, are they your team now, or are you still root for the Giants? And uh, well, remember, one's in the AFC and the others. Yeah, in the I mean, so, sure. So yeah, so I, uh, I still, you know, obviously not being able to go to any games last year was brutal. But uh, you know, the year before, I went up to see Jimmy. I went up to Buffalo twice. I went. I saw them play New England in New England. Uh, I still catch my Giants games. You know. Here and there. I, mean, I know you can root for both, but on a Sunday, if they're both playing at one o'clock, which one are you watching? Uh, it depends. I'm usually at one game or another, you know. So if uh, this year I learned to uh, use red zone. <laughs> <laughs> You're at home. You it took you this long to learn how to use red zone. I never use well. Think about it. I was at game full. Yeah, time. true. Okay, so fair. fair, fair, I would, fair. I'd be the f- only fool that would have NFL ticket and probably use it twice. Right. You know, or once the whole year. And I'm like, why am I spending all this money on this? And I go to games. I'm right. on the game field. I'm in the locker room, and I'm still spending whatever, $400 to have an NFL ticket. I might as well just rent out my living room and let someone who can't that doesn't have it, and I'll leave the food. You know, <laughs> help yourself. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – that's, you know, they came a game clo- – uh, one game away from going to the Super Bowl last year. And, obviously, I would have loved that to have happened for my brother because 
you know, it's all these guys always say is they, uh, and I just use alls. Uh, I heard it. Yeah, and because you and I are talking, so, uh, but I'll get reprimanded later. Prom- I prom- but I already signed off on it, and yeah, I said I, I wasn't going to highlight it or nitpick on it, so. Nope, nope, nope I got it. So, uh, but uh, it would have been great for him to win it, you know, at least gotten to the game, and because that would have been so, such a moment, and, you know, I've been to so many Super Bowls, but, you know, because of clients, but to have your kid brother coaching the game, you know, that's uh, hopefully next year that happens and or one day in his career it happens. But regardless, uh, we're as a family, we're so proud of him because he's climbed the ladder. He's done everything correctly. And, you know, he's looked upon by a lot of people. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it's it's catching, you know, that his name's right. out there. He's interviewed a couple of places. And I'll, I'll tell you, the uh, he caught a lot of flack last year because uh, uh, when I was doing when uh, Fox was doing the Thursday night things, uh, you know the guys were going in there and they would and then they would talk about uh, the games and whatnot. Right. And uh, who was it? Was uh, Peter? Uh, I'm drawing a blank on his last name. He's going to shoot me, but. Uh, one of the guys at Fox said, yeah, you know, the Bills have turned around, you know, uh, Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, and Jim Salgado. <laughs> <laughs> and they were interviewing one of the DBs. Uh-huh. So, so, so they brought up my brother's name. And all of a sudden, my brother, he, you know, it's at 7 o'clock. It's the Good Morning uh, Football Show. Right. Uh, on your network. Yes, of course. So, uh, so uh, my brother texts me at like 7.30 in the morning. He's like, dude, I'm catching all sorts of hell. And I go, why? He goes, they taped the show and they played it <laughs> through the building. Oh, my God. So everyone's like teasing him and going, look at you big time. And, you know, what, what you, did you, uh, did you uh, pay somebody to do that? I mean, like they were just getting – my brother's so not like me where I would have taken it to the extreme and had fun with it. My brother was kind of like, Oh man, like I'm trying to be low key and you know, right. but uh, it was, it was hilarious. They're and, fun. Uh, you know what? I will tell you this, Brandon being the general manager and uh, Sean McDermott are just really, really, really good guys. Yeah. So you can see them having fun with that. And I'll say number two, they're not done. That's a team that's only getting better. You know, you like what they've done. You like the way they're growing. They're still young. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Josh Allen's contract. Yeah, that's a a big deal. I know that. And uh, I was, you know, my brother was telling me that, look, they didn't have a pass rusher. They, they got one this year. Right. Kid from Miami. And, you know, he took the year off, so he's healthy. So we'll see what happens there. And, you know, my brother's fortunate. He's got some studs back there. He's coaching, you know, uh, it's, uh, and he loves uh, Micah Hyde. That's his guy. He, he loves, excuse me, he loves all of them. But when I brought up Micah Hyde's name to him, uh, he was like a book. Are you supposed to be sharing this or was this an off the record conversation? Is no, he even no, all set no, now? No. Yeah, listen, you know, my show is open. Whatever comes out, comes out. Great. Okay, so good thing to know that we are not in a protected space right here. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not, but I'm not here to search for answers or point bad things out. I'm here to laugh like we're laughing and share. No, I just always feel like a coach publicly always treats his players like a mother does. You can't ask me which kid I like the most, you know? You're not supposed well, to publicly say, well, I love this one, not so much that one. Yeah, well, that's why I said he does love all his guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah. all's, all's again. But he loves all of his players. And, right. and uh, you know, he, he talks about it so proudly and, and – you know, when uh, they make a play or they do this or even a simple, a simple thing like bringing coffee, you know, or whatever. And it's uh, it's it's great to watch and and it's great to learn. And, and it's, uh, you know, obviously I know the game from one way, but now, you know, you you've now I've I've come full circle because right. you're now seeing this, that, this, learning this, learning that. And uh, I've asked. Uh, so many people for advice in regards to even when we started doing this, because I was like, all right, I'm doing this. This is different. This is not me going on a surf, you know, at Fox and Friends and I'm part of a 
three or four man group or when I'm at the Super Bowl running around doing interviews, this is more, wow, it's one on one. Right. It's, uh, you know, you got to speak proper English. Uh, you know, look, uh, I don't have the look, uh, you know, this. <laughs> and it's kind of hilarious. But you know what? At the end of the day, listen, um, you are who you are. And you right. and, and you and I always say, I'll be who I'm going to be. And what you see is what you get, you know. And that will always be enough. That's another thing. The same way we were talking about integrity, I think authenticity is the thing that's most important. You know, when I started in this, I didn't even know how to speak into a microphone. You know, I was a newspaper writer. I'd yeah. never been in front of a camera. I didn't, I don't even know if I wore makeup before I was on TV. Not that I'm wearing any now, but anyway, that's a conversation <laughs> for another day. Now, but I do now know how to put on false eyelashes. There's an Ivy League degree for you and how to use a curling iron. But... <laughs> My point in saying all that, no, is that you couldn't, when you start, it was, I would sit here and say, oh, wow, look at how Robin Roberts does that. And, oh, look at how Doris Burke does that. And it was finally realizing I can't be somebody else. The only way that this is going to work is if I'm me. And my personality is such that you should feel as if you're sitting at the bar with me and we're talking about somebody's run defense and this is how I would talk about it if we were hanging out. And so that's my best way to convey it. Doesn't work for everybody. Other ways haven't worked for me. I just have to be who I am, which I think is why this has worked so gloriously well for you. Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, I'm fortunate because of the relationships I have, you know? And I always tell, you know, uh, someone said to me uh, just recently, how do you manage all these relationships? And I said, by just being me, really just, you know, look, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. If I can't do something, I'll say I can't do it. Or, you know what, I may not know that person, but let me find somebody who knows them. And then at least I can go to them and they can route me that way. And then. Well, you just did that with us. You said somebody asked for my number and you helped connect me with somebody else. And so what do you lose by asking and saying, hey, I can maybe help. And maybe then that turns into something else for you in the future. Maybe it doesn't. But either way, it's good karma. Yep. So I uh, exactly. And it was funny. I was trying to find this, but uh, I remember the gift that you and Bill Shine had given me that cartoon picture of my head that was in the newspaper. And I'm like, I got to have it somewhere. I I would have thought that that would have been framed. So Jersey there instead of a Brady Jersey, you don't have my autographed article from the wall street journal on big daddy. I do have it up. It's uh, ready. No way. It's right there. Hold on. I'm going to pull it off the wall. Get out. Look at that. There you go. So we can see the byline. See, we started on page one by Aditi Kinkabala, and then we jumped. That's a pretty big jump. Those are some fancy photos right there. Yeah. Yeah, you look like a totally different guy, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I definitely, and I feel it. So see, I have you close. I know, seriously, and I thought I was going to win a point right there, but I guess not. My goodness. <laughs> I had that thing framed as soon as, uh, you know, as we... As soon as uh, it happened. As soon as it was out there, I had it framed. So Beautiful. So that, was, uh, that was, I cherished that article, and that was, and again, thank you, and... That was the thing that opened up a lot of eyes because, you know, uh, everybody, most a lot of people knew who I was. But, you know, that just brought it to a whole different other level to be in a a publication that's seen around the whole world. I mean, uh, Aditi made Big Daddy famous. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know that I could make you anything, but maybe there was, you know, a few people who didn't already know you knew a little bit more about you or we added some depth to what people did know at the time, right? I I actually, before Strahan, before Michael Strahan was selected as uh, the guy to replace Regis, I did a huge piece on him in the Wall Street Journal. And uh, it was all about how he could be the first huge crossover star, the guy that, you know, 
was a superstar on the NFL field and could be a superstar in the media. And I remember calling uh, Gelman, the producer of Regis and I guess it was Kelly at the time, Regis and Kelly, and trying to get some insight and, you know, okay, well, how much of a finalist is he and blah, blah, blah. And then he turned and asked me, he's like, why are you writing about him? Well, what do you think about him? And I just remember thinking, if I write a piece and that helps him get this job, that's gotta net me something. And Big Daddy, 12 years later, it's got me nothing <laughs> other than myself feeling like, well, at least I predicted it. At least well, I listen, it. I, I will uh, remind him that you had a big stake in this whole thing. <laughs> well, no, you wanna hear what the craziest part of that is, is okay, so uh, Michael Strahan and I met at like a hotel bar in New York, I think, to chat just like informally we picked a place and we're talking we're talking or no 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 we had any i don't think we'd started talking we meet and then we're trying to find like a quiet corner to talk in and all of a sudden this like diminutive good-looking guy goes oh hey how are you and he sticks his hand out to mike strahan and uh you know they shake hands and then he looks at me and he goes hi i'm george and i say i'm aditi it's very nice to meet you blah 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 and it's like that's George Clooney. And I'm looking at Strahan and Strahan's looking at me and we walk away. And I said, do you know him? He said, never met the guy before in my life. <laughs> that is hilarious. And it was just the nicest, like Clooney saw Strahan. And of course everybody recognizes Strahan. So he says hi to him. He couldn't have been nicer to me. We all acted like we knew each, knew each other. We talked the, you know, shot the breeze, I guess. Is this yeah. Related for a few minutes. And then I just will never forget Michael Strahan being like, never met the guy before. I got caught. I got caught up in that whole mix because Mike Florio, from uh, when he was before he went to NBC, he had that uh, site, Pro Football Talk, right? And and he was putting out there, and then you know, well, if anybody would know, Big Daddy would definitely know what's going on, blah blah. blah. And I'm like, oh my god, please, I, I don't know a thing. I you know, I hope he gets it. I'm his biggest cheerleader, obviously. He's one of my closest friends, and and uh, and you know, it was kind of funny going through that whole thing, and I was like, man. Finally, they when they announced it, I think I was more relieved than he was because everybody. The two times that I caught the most flack being re, in having a relationship with him as a friend was when he held out and when he was getting that gig. I got killed. That whole you know, where is he hiding? And no, 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 no. You know, he was holding out. I mean, I knew where he was the whole time, but. You know, that's not. You know, why. it's really funny that you talk about when he held out because my first son, my my uh, my older child, Nico, when mm -hmm. he uh, he was due in July and he was born in July, and everyone said, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And I said to everybody, oh, it's my Michael Strahan preparation plan. I'll miss training camp and be ready for week one of the season. <laughs> and that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I called it. And, and you did because that's what he did. I mean, obviously, right. he showed up the week of Dallas and, uh, you know, and then the rest was history. But uh, that was uh, – you know, but it was a different time than now. Even now, I think about being in training camp, and the veterans don't do any, don't do much of anything anyway at a lot of places. You know, certainly in Pittsburgh, I'm looking at Neil O'Donnell. Not that he played for Mike Tomlin, but Mike Tomlin takes care of his veterans in the most unbelievable of ways. And so, you know, you're practicing every third day. You're going easy if you know what you're doing, and it's sort of you're not being killed. So then, how hard is it to really be out there and be a part of it? Mike Tomlin is a great man, and I know Mike from when he was at William & Mary. Get out. What's the story there? Well, his brother was my teammate at Maryland. Really? So when you see Mike, you say, hey, I was talking to Big Daddy, and he'll – I'll tell you one time, funny story ever. The Giants play the Steelers in New York. Okay. And the Steelers win last minute uh -huh. in the game, and the Steelers are coming off the field, and, you know, it was uh, – so Mike Tom was like, yeah, Big Daddy, yeah. And like, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going, oh, my God. I felt like I felt like this little because there's like John Barron and everybody walked yeah. there. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, Big Daddy, give me five. Oh and I'm like, gosh. oh, my God. I mean, yeah, Mike, it's great to see you. <laughs> Congratulations. But I'm like, I can't tell you how many press boxes I have sat in with John Mara where Mr. Mara is going, <laughs> or pacing or pounding. I mean, the emotional 
the connection of it all. And then what was great is when Tom Coughlin, who of course was the coach of the Giants and still one of my all-time favorite people in football ever that I've ever dealt with, that he was the coach when I was covering the Giants, he had moved up to that sort of executive role with the Jaguars. And the Jaguars came to play the Steelers was it the playoff game that they won? I think it was the playoff game that they won. And uh, he was even worse in the press box listening to him and how bad he was. There's yeah. a reason that they put general managers and owners in uh, boxes so that all of, because it, it really is a whole, uh, it could be a whole exercise, a whole show just in watching other people react. <laughs> I've been up in the box when I've sat, you know, and uh, I've sat with Steve Tisch in his suite a couple times. And, you know, uh, I've sat in the regular press box where, you know, John Mara is walking around and I, I'm like afraid to even look at him. You yeah. Because, you know, he's like boiling. And, and, but uh, I'll tell you, in 07, when they won the Super Bowl, that was such a great ride. And, uh, you know, I was able to, I went to every game home and away. I'm in the locker room when they won in Green Bay. I'm, you know, I did all that, but I'll never forget the game, the week of the the uh, the day of the Super Bowl when they played New England. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be in the owners section of the uh, tailgate. Oh wow! Okay. And you know, I'm not supposed to be in there, but I'm in there. And John Merrick came running over to me, and he said, "Oh my God." Big Daddy, there you are, because we have a ritual that we would shake hands before kickoff every game. Oh, my gosh. And obviously the Super Bowl, since I'm not on the field, that doesn't happen. But right, right, right. And, and I said to Mr. Myers, I said, you know what? You're like me. I'm superstitious, too. So it was funny. We shook hands and all right, go get them. And then afterwards, on the field, um, on the field afterwards, and there everyone's going crazy. He just said to me, "He goes, Big Daddy, Big Daddy," and he <laughs> never called me Big Daddy. That was the first time ever he had called me Big Daddy. Oh, that's too funny. Wait, so was this the Indy Super Bowl? Was this the first no, this New England Phoenix. or the second? Phoenix. Oh, so this is the one that the undefeated season. Yeah, the, when they beat the eighteen one to make them eighteen one. But right. I'll tell you, in Indy, he he said to me, uh, you know, remember I, I don't know if you remember, I brought all the pizza to Indianapolis, yeah. and we wanted to keep the tradition going. And he saw me, and he goes, "Big Daddy, now I've really," <laughs> he goes, "You're crazy." And I said, <laughs> It took him that long to realize it? I wanted to say that, but I was like, hi, Mr. Mara. That's all I said. Right. Because everybody's like, Big Daddy, get the pizza over here. You know, blah, 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 blah. And whatever. We went through that. Then afterwards, uh, when they won, we and I saw him on the podium, and he walked down to me, and he just said to me, he goes, Big Daddy, thanks. And I just, I never, ever forgot that because he said that. For him to say that, you know, you they just won the Super Bowl. He's the owner of the team. Right. But he knows, like, I went through the thick and thin, obviously, of going through this, through that. You know, I remember in 2008, I had the aneurysm, and, and you know, people were freaking out. And, you know, I showed up. I showed up in Pittsburgh when they played the Steelers in Pittsburgh. And everybody's like, what the – and he even said, he goes, what the hell are you doing here? And I was wearing a ski cap, you couldn't, because I had my scar was too big and ugly, right. and uh, and uh, but you know uh, that I'll never. Those are great memories that I'll never forget. But, no, uh, it, it, those families were just such a. They are great, great families, and they're great people for to be my introduction to the NFL coverage world, both the Maras and the Tishes. Yeah, no, and, uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable, and I've done yeah. some uh, incredible things. And now I live here in Pittsburgh, and, you know, the Steelers have the Roonies, who also you would say the same things about. And it just – I think there's something to really be said for uh, these families that have, been, that have been invested in and part of the league for such a long time and how much it means to them. And yeah. it's not just a piece of business, really. Well, now we're going to have the fun part. Oh, Okay. So uh, you get to take the mic from me and go back to interviewing me again. Well, you get to ask me a question. I But the only question you're not allowed to ask, and you're going to laugh, is how I got the nickname Big Daddy. Because the first 10 shows that I did, 
all 10 people. How did you get the nickname Big Daddy? How did you get the nickname Big Daddy? And so the producers of the show said, that has to be eliminated. It's well, I feel like we already talked about this once and we went out to eat with the Sindriches. So I think yeah, we're over that one. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we covered that. That's right. I, I have to get Ralph on here too. Because, or it uh, might be in the story somewhere, frankly. I, I think it's in that Wall Street Journal story. I maybe it is. I don't. I don't recall, but uh, okay, I, I, so get, I won't I, waste it on that one. Yeah, okay. I get I get reprimanded all the time. So, and then I'll share something with you that you don't know about me anyway. But go okay. right ahead. All right, of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients that you have worked with and helped over the years, who has number one? Who is the one that you believe you have had the greatest influence and impact on? And who, number two, has been the biggest pain in the ass? Whew. I think I don't have one client that I've, I've you know, um, can say I've had the biggest impact on. I think that all the clients look at you as someone that cares about them, protects them, and has their back. And I, and I also, and I know this, is that the people that I work with realize that I've been in the trenches like they have, you know, at a different level. And the experience, I mean, I'm going on 30 years in this business. And, you know, can I get the commissioner on his cell phone? Yes. Can I get this guy on his cell phone? You know, uh, my business grew from players to coaches to general managers. And the business is always growing. So uh, I think with... Uh, to answer that co politically correct. Uh, see, I learned a little bit. Um, no, but I feel like this is a filibuster. There's just got to yeah, be one person that you hold especially proudly. You know, like this guy came to me and he had 18 people hanging on him, wanting something of him, or this guy never even understood he had to insure his house, or this guy, you know, well, I met as a 17-year-old kid. and Yeah, well, I I'll be honest with you, and you're not going to be surprised. I'm going to say Michael Strahan. And the reason why, there's two people. Ronnie Lott was the first guy that gave me an opportunity. Okay. And here I was, I'm fresh in the business and Ronnie had just signed with the Jets. And uh, not only did he give me an opportunity to do something with him, I also learned from him. Um, I could tell you stories and, and we shared them. Uh, if you go on Big Daddy and Friends on YouTube, uh, watch that interview. You'll have a laugh because... I traveled with him. I drove him. I, I mean, it was like it was on the field training. Mm -hmm. As I'm driving, I'm learning and watching. And, and, and that was when the old Motorola gray phones, remember those things that used yeah. to start open? I never saw anyone have more batteries for a phone than Ronnie Lott. <laughs> he had like 20 of them. And we drove one time in Kansas. We were in Kansas. Uh, we were driving from, uh, well, oh, we were at the Chiefs facility, and we were driving to University of Missouri uh, for something. And that drive was like he burned through five or six of those batteries. That's insane. Going to meeting, and then we, and then he tells me, he goes, and here's the funny part. He goes, Big Daddy, you got to get me to the airport, and uh, I can't miss this flight. I have a meeting with Gene Upshaw. And, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da. So he goes, whatever we got to do to get there on time, let's do it. So we're in this rental car, and I'm telling you, Didi, I was doing about 100 miles an hour, flashing people, get out of the way, get out. And I said, Ronnie, you know, if we get pulled over, you know, we're probably going to miss your flight. And he goes, don't worry. If we get pulled over, let them take you to jail. I'll get me – I'll get the guy to get me to the airport. And then, you know, whatever costs, we'll, we'll, we'll square up. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm like, okay, boss, you know, so I'm flying like a maniac, and it was before 9-11, so there was no pre, you know, whatever, no, uh, it wasn't as strict. He, right. I, dro I right. drop him off, I drop him off at front of his terminal, he runs through, and he catches his flight. Now, I have a flight, and I have a rental car, so I'm like, what am I going to do? I go, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pull up to the uh, net, my terminal, and I see the baggage hander. I go, here, boy. I go, here, come here, bud. Come here. And the guy's like, you got bags? I go, no, no, no. Here, here's $40. Bring this car back for me. <laughs> and they can mail me the receipt. 
So because and I never had done that before, but right, I, I got an education because Ronnie filled me in on what I needed to do to get not miss my flight and get them all as well to his. So, uh, but yeah, I would say Ronnie and then Michael. Michael's a guy that uh, we were friends first before we before we did business together, and and then you know it's like anybody else. You have to gain someone's trust and respect, and also uh, they have to know that you know what you're doing. You know, so that was uh, so that's the answer part one of your question. Part two, I've never had a client that's really been a pain in the ass. To be totally honest with you, because. Okay. My business is more of you're giving the client a service and a product, not like you're handling their money or you're their agent or, you know, so it's totally different. So I can't say I really had a client that's been a pain in the ass. I've had clients that going through the insurance part of it, when you have to take an exam and whatnot, are pains in the asses. But that, uh, you know, I had a guy, and I won't name who he was, that was crying because the examiner and him were trying to connect and i had told him i said drink a lot of water so when they come to take a urine sample you you know you go he was holding it in for an hour and oh, God. so finally i said to him dude wherever you're at is there like a plastic cup or a cup just go in the cup and then give it to the, the to the examiner and when i tell you that they were crying i i was holding my laughing because I had never, I had never experienced anything like that, you know. That so, is really uh, funny. But uh, funny. you know, so that's uh, that's it in a nutshell. Awesome. So, Big Daddy, I have to say thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun to get to reconnect again like this, and let's I, do it again I, soon. If not on camera, at least just make sure we keep talking. Yes, we will, and. Uh, I am. I was so delighted when you said yes and you were coming on because obviously our relationship and uh, you were a groundbreaker for me uh, and for yourself, you know, because look where you're at. And again, well, it feels like I'm fairly comparison when your name drops. Look, you deserve that. And I don't care what you say to me because you do deserve it. And I'm very proud of you, my friend. So keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, and we will talk soon, but I want you to give the listeners and the viewers where they could find you on social media. Sure. Uh, Twitter is at a kinkabwala. That is a K I N K H A B W A L A. I did not make that. I mean, it is my name, but someone else made it my Twitter handle and here it is all these years later. And my Instagram is at Aditi NFL, A D I T I N F l and come along for the ride we have fun on both of those places i would say and big daddy i hope to see you in pittsburgh where since we can't get a beer together we can go for a long walk together or a hike or do push-ups or burpees or whatever it is i, that could, do it. I, could, do it. Hey, I could do it now back in the day i couldn't I'd be like, let's go to permanis that's about as exciting as I'm right gonna. well i feel like the last time we got together we had this massive brunch this yes. brunch yeah. and ate a lot and probably drank mimosas and the whole spiel. I do. So, uh, we'll just have to do it differently. We'll have to do it differently and be smart about it. And, you know, uh, of course, we have to have Ralph and Mary there because they actually sent me a note saying, hey, you better let us know when you're in Pittsburgh because we'll be back. And I'm like, really? All I see is pictures of you on the beach in Malibu. Yeah, right. I'm like li living the lifestyle of rich and famous. To be them, seriously. Seriously. You know, and, uh, it's, uh, uh, again, Aditi, thank you. I love you. You're the best. And uh, to all the fans out there, make sure you keep an eye on Aditi because she is just climbing mountains and, and telling it the way it is and giving you the real deal. Remember, remember you heard that here on Big Daddy and Friends. So till next time, uh, we'll see everybody real soon. And again, make sure you uh, check us out. We'll talk soon.